Welcome to the Gather Houston podcast. We are a Christian community practicing the way of Jesus in all parts of life and for the good of all people. Thank you for joining us today. Well, good morning. I am so very grateful to be here with you this morning. Um, Like Josh said, I've been here with my husband for a couple of months now, and I think every Sunday when we come here, it is like an exhale for me, and I have already felt so at home in this place, and so I'm very grateful for the opportunity to preach here with you this morning. Hear now this reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 17. After Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me, I have given to them, and they have received them and know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I am not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. So Blake, my my husband, uh, he often jokes, well, partially jokes, about how he wishes when we get to heaven we could get like an hour tally or like a number tally of some of the things that we did on earth. I don't know if anyone else has ever wished for this, like the number of donuts you've eaten, just, you know, fun, random things like that, you know, total hour of naps, whatever it may be that you just are kind of curious about. Um, I can really get behind that. (laughs) But one of the things sometimes I wonder about um, is amount of time spent in prayer, maybe. Now, this might sound like some kind of threat that was offered to you in your past. Like, how often are you spending time in prayer? It has to be a minimum of 30 minutes a day, or maybe you're straying from God, if you've heard that phrase before. But now I think it's something a lot looser than that, freer than that, when I think about the time that I have spent in prayer. Several years ago, I would have read this text in John, um, as, we, as we have been journeying, journeying through John, as an instruction manual, a prescription for how to pray. And a big part of that was because of how I was taught to come to the Bible as a whole. Because while I used to read it all as a prescription, now I see it so much more as a description. So it might be important to look at the context of this prayer in the Gospel of John as a whole. Many scholars see this prayer as a convergence of time, this past, 
present, and future, that Jesus is addressing it all. And it is the hinge point between the Last Supper with the disciples and now turning toward the crucifixion. So all this kind of ties in together with what the author of John wants to really emphasize about Jesus and his gospel. All the way back to chapter 1, we have Jesus introduced as Logos, the word. This mysterious convergence of both transcendence and imminence. Transcendence as the word in all wonder and glory and power beyond anything we might can understand. And yet also imminence, the word became flesh here with us as another human being in all wonder and glory and power in that way too. So John makes this fundamental Christian claim that this great, majestic, awe-inspiring God comes to dwell in this world, embodied and incarnate. Jesus himself is mystery, right? God and human Someone beyond time, spanning past, present, and future. It's hard to understand the full magnitude of what it is that Jesus is God in human form. That Jesus did not come to offer this cold, sterilized version of moving through the world, but rather a messy, true, warm, fully present person. And as we come to this text today, we get to see all of this, even in this very wordy, somewhat confusing prayer. So the posture that Jesus takes is looking up to heaven. But any posture is good, I think, just like we practiced in in our opening prayer this morning, because heaven is everywhere. One scholar, Rebecca Blair Young, reminds us that the biblical view of heaven is different from our view of the universe, where our ancestors looked up and imagined a heavenly dwelling for the divine. We see physical space extending billions of light years. So while we recognize the brilliance of Jesus extending into the far beyond as he was looking up to heaven, we also hold true to how God is everywhere among us, right here and right now. That heaven is all around us. So our posture of prayer can be closing our eyes and bowing our heads, but it can also be placing a hand on our chest to feel our own beating heart or talking and listening to God while we take a walk. And prayer doesn't have to be these eloquent eloquent words and fully formed theological thoughts or full of justs and Lord gods. But they can be groans or sighs or wows. I'm grateful that my own relationship with God and my own view of God has expanded in the past few years, just as we said in our confession of faith this morning. Prayer isn't just your head bowed, eyes closed. In her book, Help Thinks Wow, Anne Lamott says, 
Prayer can be motion and stillness and energy all at the same time. It begins with stopping in our tracks or with our backs against the wall or when we are going under the waves or when we are just so sick and tired of being physically sick and tired that we surrender. Or at least we finally stop running away or at long last walk or lurch or crawl toward something. Or maybe miraculously, we just release our grip slightly. Prayer is a cry of help when you're not sure you can keep going. It's an exclamation of thanks for your child, your pet, your partner who sees you. It's a whisper of wow at the beauty you noticed all over again in the trees, in the skies, in the landscape. Help. Thanks. Wow. It's possible that you've needed one of these more than the others in a season of your life. For me, I've tried to give myself over into the wow of it all. The way I'm wired, I am more prone to seeing how things could be better. I know that the systems of our country are inherently unjust. I know that the pain and the grief and the hurt in the world is all around me all the time. So it is a discipline for me to instead lean into the wow of it all. Paying attention to the wonders of our world is truly a spiritual discipline. The smell and the taste of a good meal, the hugs and the kisses from the people we love most, the trees that sway gently in the breeze, the fragrance and bright colors of the flowers in the fields, the peace we feel when we hold a baby as they fall asleep, the snuggles with puppies and kittens that bring a comfort we couldn't have dreamed of, the opportunity to sing and dance and dream and make music, the uproarious laughter with friends, smiles from strangers, even the tears sometimes, like when we grieve the injustice of our world together or when we collectively take action to do something about it. There is wonder in it all. Maybe you're also still trying to unlearn how you've been taught, even if just implicitly, that prayer and faith is basically like God is a vending machine. Good things only happen if you pray for them, if you believe enough, if you have enough faith. And maybe even often you might have been taught to pray for some pretty messed up things. I think back on a story that one of my professors in undergrad told one day. I don't really remember why he told it, but it really did stick with me. There was a church um, in Waco who was known for going out into the city in public, and they were very bold to ask to pray for people and to evangelize. And one day, this professor was in Target with his wife, who was currently recovering from a C-section. So they decided to get a wheelchair for her, since she just didn't really feel like walking around. 
as they were shopping, some people came up to them and asked to pray for her since she was in a wheelchair. They didn't want to be rude, the professor and his wife, so they said, sure, absolutely. And later, as they were leaving the store, his wife got up out of the wheelchair since she didn't need it anymore. Um, And as they were doing so, turned and saw the people that prayed for them, and they had a giant smile on their faces. And it was in that moment that they realized they were convinced they were the reason for her healing. Now, this is somewhat of a lighthearted example, but I do know that there are disabled people all over the world who are honestly tired of having people pray for their healing. Because the thing is that no matter how good their intentions are, they are still essentially saying that someone with a disability needs to be fixed. That one of their identities has to change. So please hear this not as a critique of the zeal of their faith, but instead a reminder that our intentions sometimes do not always match up with the impact of those intentions. Because in reality, the suffering of having a disability often has more to do with how the world does not work for disabled people and that they are seen as problems to be fixed instead of fellow human beings to be known and loved as they are for all they are. So like in this story, one might take pause and see that maybe in all of our praying for change, we might take to heart that C.S. Lewis quote that says, I pray because the need flows out of me, waking and sleeping. It doesn't change God, it changes me. So maybe the change is in how we see the world that we would be changed, and how we see the systems that don't work for disabled people, for poor people, for people of color, for people with mental illness. It is my hope that as much as I pray for others, I would also be praying for myself to be changed, praying that I would have eyes that are open to the injustice of this world. And maybe also this has just been a lot for you today, this talk of prayer. Maybe the very word prayer makes you flinch a little bit right now in your life. Maybe you and God aren't really on speaking terms at the moment, and everything feels hard. And with that, I've been there. And I have found that my prayers have also just been enough to be the conscious inhales and exhales that I take in a day. Breath prayer is a way to literally, or maybe metaphorically, just catch your breath in a day or a month or longer, however long you need, if that is the best way to pray for you. These are some examples of some breath prayers that are common um, that Sarah Bessie has written. The first is a very common Jesus prayer, and it says, with every inhale, a Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, with every exhale, Have mercy on me, your beloved. Another is, with every inhale, pleasure is a part of why we were created. 
and every exhale, I enter into the joy and every good gift from Mother God. And finally, an inhale, if you will join in on this one. I will not put myself to sleep in these days. And exhale. I will rise to the questions of my time with love. And even if those are too much, too wordy to wrap your mind around, it's just inhale, God with us. Exhale, still, always. Or inhale, love. Exhale, hate. Inhale, hope. Exhale, despair. Inhale, help. Exhale, me. Because I don't think that the point of the prayer that Jesus offers here was never meant to shame us or maybe even really prescribe a prayer. While we are given good models from Jesus, like the Lord's Prayer, I think it was meant to show that God and Jesus are one, as he mentions in this text. And now we are one with God, too. We are in complete union with God. All we need to do is notice it. And that is prayer, too. When we come to God in prayer, the very foundation of it is our oneness with God. While we may be changed, we may be healed, we may feel rejuvenated by our time in prayer, we can always know that our belovedness is true. It cannot be lost, and it cannot be earned. And from that, we pray and we listen to Jesus' words in the prayer on how to make the world more full of peace and love. I think even Jesus was quick to say, help, thanks, wow. He relied on the support of God and the friendships around him, his disciples, the women who supported him financially and emotionally as disciples, the people who he met along the way. He said thanks to God and others setting the example of the practice of gratitude always. And oh, how Jesus noticed the wow of the birds in the air, the lilies of the field, the wonder of the faith of a mustard seed or the beauty of being attached to the vine. We can pray without ceasing, even with our very breath, because Jesus did too. One of my favorite excerpts from a poem is by Elizabeth Barrett Browning. And it says, Earth's crammed with heaven, and every common bush afire with God. But only he who sees takes off his shoes. The rest sit round and pick blackberries. So may we see how every common bush is a fire around us, how earth is crammed with heaven, and how the act of paying attention is prayer in itself. The act of noticing the divine all around us, of gasping with a thanks and a wow and a help, that in itself 
is a connection with God. And gather, this is my prayer for us today. With every cry for help, every exclamation of thanks, every gasp of wow, God is there with us, closer than our very breath. I pray that God would have something new to say to you today and through you today. And that with every inhale and every exhale, we would be reminded anew that we are called beloved. That is our name. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in Gather, check out our website at gatherhouston.org or visit us on Sunday at 10 a.m.